Welcome to Two Coffees and a Creative. I'm your host, Matt David. So what's this podcast all about, I hear you ask? These days, so many things begin with coffee. A new business venture, a lifelong partnership, even a new love. Each month, I seek out entrepreneurs, innovators, and idealists and find out the stories behind their achievements. They choose their favorite coffee spot, we order two coffees, then we delve into their life, successes, failures, pivotal moments, and some fun stuff for good measure. I hope you enjoy learning from these unique individuals as much as I did. Now put the kettle on or order that second coffee and enjoy this episode of Two Coffees and a Creative. Melbourne artist and podcaster Tom Gerard one day decided to sell the house, pack up his life and move to South America with his wife on a wing and a prayer. I sat down with him at Danish Nosh Cafe, downstairs from his studio in the Melbourne suburb of Caulfield, to find out more about his unique creative journey. All right, I'm with Tom Gerard, um, artist, podcaster, uh, all-round creative guy, uh, here at uh, Danish Nosh in uh, in Glen Huntley Road. Uh, how you doing, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for having me, mate. No problems. This is just downstairs from your your studio, so I can see why why it's uh, nice and convenient for you. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Um, I don't. Uh, Go out for coffee that much. I've sort of bought myself a plunger in the studio. I got one at home. Yeah. But um, still like to get out for a coffee here and there. But this place has just been redone and it's uh, much nicer than it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. There'd be a few good cafes on this strip too, I'd imagine. Yeah. There's not. It's we're pretty deep in the suburbs here. It's not, it's not that deep, but it's just it's in a weird spot. Like it's ten minute walk to like a row of shops each way. But it's just a cafe that happens to be underneath the um the studio. Yeah. But it used to be able to up. Uh, rely on it for a, a scolding hot latte <laughs> and now they've sort of sorted their stuff out and they've got, so, got new guys in. So yeah. why why this area? Why Glen Huntley? It's, it's a set up studio. Oh it's uh, I sort of fell into it. Uh, a mate of mine had a, um, a space upstairs and he uh, and I just got back from six years of traveling and then uh, he was like oh come hang out at the studio and make some art. So I'd show up and just hang out and make art with him and drink some beers and stuff and yeah. I don't know, I was like, oh, I'm going to come back, you know, again and again, and before I knew it, I had a space there, yeah. you know, but I was definitely looking for a space, because before that, I was living in Barcelona, I had my own studio there, oh, wow. okay. um, yeah, but, uh, like, as an, I, I really wanted to pursue my art career, I know, in order to do that, you need space to work, yeah, yeah. so, the Barcelona studio, how long were you doing that for? Uh, I was there for a year and a half, yeah. But that was, that was weird, it wasn't an art studio like the space I'm in now. I was the only artist in there. There was lots of like tech guys and stuff. And there were, um, it was like a maker space. So there was a lot of guys that did hard rubbish but for electronics and then refurbished the electronics and then sold them on. So yeah. they'd find like flat screen TVs that needed like one like wire was loose or whatever and they'd get in there, fix it and just sell it on. Yeah. And, um, but they were all like spinning out that I was an artist. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing in here? It's like, it's a studio, come on. So did you collaborate with those guys? Did it, did it influence your art? Uh, not really, yeah. not really. I helped my Spanish a lot. Yeah. A lot of them couldn't speak English. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, it's, 
it was weird because everyone had desks there. So I felt like I couldn't work on anything bigger than my desk. And I was really trying to find spaces where I could create artwork, but then, I don't know, it was, I didn't have, an, have enough space to call my own. Yeah. But, um, but you've seen my, my studio now, I've got a lot of space and uh, yeah, means that great. I can expand my operation and uh, paint yeah. bigger. And I think that, you know, you, you think about what you want to be doing, and I want to be doing big paintings. So you create the big paintings, and then over time people are asking me to do more and more of them. You know? Yeah, yeah. So what what are you working on at the moment? What's um, I know you see you want to do sort of bigger stuff. Oh, uh, my, my weeks change like from week to week. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> hey mate. Oh. Hey mate. I'm good. Did you like a little coffee? Yeah. Uh, can I have a uh, soy flat white? Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'll just get a long black. Thank you, mate. Oh, cheers, Kate. Yeah. Sorry, what was the question? Um, what are working, working on? on? Yeah. Um, at the moment. I'm, I've got a studio, uh, exhibition that's opening tomorrow night at uh, Bromley & Co in uh, Chapel Street. But that, that's a group show with um, two other artists, Michael Davis and Gareth Sturr. And then, um, what else am I doing? Oh, I've got a, we've got an open studio this Saturday, which is yeah. going to be exciting. Sort of instigated it with the guys because I wanted to have a big clear out and an excuse to tidy up the place. You know, start uh, 2019 fresh as well. Yeah. And, um, Great time for Christmas presents and stuff. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I've been like going through old like watercolor pads from like 2011 and stuff, and there's all these half-finished pieces I've been finishing them off and yeah. putting this year date on the end yeah, yeah, product, yeah. and people think they're getting a new piece, you know. Yeah. It's like half and half. A couple extra dollars in the door. Yeah, yeah. And then um, and I'm doing a project for Bailey Nelson, the sunglasses company. So yeah. doing a mural and an uh, interior for them and doing That's some great. Yeah. design elements. Yeah. And well, they're huge too, so yeah. plenty of stores to... Yeah, yeah, and just, just focusing on the Chapel Street Paran yeah. store, and, but who knows what'll happen from yeah. there. Like, I, I came across them when I was living in London, like that, they got a store there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm about to do a residency in Tasmania as well, like through QBank, which is a... Um, they do artist residencies in Queenstown. Yep. And going to spend all of January there creating art, and then exhibit the artwork in Tasmania, and then in, again in Melbourne. Yeah. So that's me up until Feb. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. I mean, it's, it seems like a great life. You, I guess you travel. You get to travel around and work on different projects. It seems to be. Yeah, I, I, I take. Uh, I initiate travel as well. Um, my wife and I take winters off. Like we um, take two months over the Melbourne winter off and go somewhere warm. Yep. So. I don't know, we've done that every year since we've been back from overseas. And uh, the first year we went to Bali, and then last year we were in like um, Japan and Taiwan and Thailand. And like, I always think of things to do while I'm there. So, for instance, I had an exhibition in Tokyo and then painted murals in Taiwan and also in um, Bangkok, and then just travel and have yeah. fun. Yeah. What does your wife do? Uh, she's a yoga teacher and wellness coach. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we're both self employed. And, you know, both jumped in the deep end and pursued our passions. And, Fantastic. Yeah, but it's only we're both quite new to our our, um, our careers, if you know what I mean. We've been doing them outside of a full-time job for, I don't know, I've been painting for 25 years, yep. I think. And then, uh, and she's been into her stuff for years as well, but it's only two years ago, or nearly, yeah, nearly three actually, that we finally quit our jobs and just said, all right, we're going in, yeah. we're going to pursue our dreams. Yeah. Oh, here we go. There you go right? Thanks, Thanks man. Cheers. Um, well, on that then, so what, um, what sort of instigated that change? Or how did that come about, taking it full time? Uh, we, 
It's in um, back in 2011, we we set off for Melbourne in the start of 2011 because we we'd been like I got a degree. I'm going to graphic design and all that type of stuff. But and she's from London and she and she was working corporate and we're both. No, we've both been doing our jobs for nearly a decade and a bit, I don't know, just a bit stale and a bit like what else is out there. And I was a bit reluctant to change jobs because, yeah, when you get comfortable in the job, the idea of changing jobs is a daunting thing to do. What were you doing? I was working in graphic design. Yeah. Um, and, so yeah. just working for another yeah, big just, company? Or... I was working in the film and music industry and all that was changing as well. Because when I first started, I was doing like CDs and everything and then iTunes and all that came in and yeah. everyone was freaking out. Yeah. Like there was just lots of change happening. Yeah. But um and then everything went from print to digital and all that. It was yeah. around that era, you know. Yeah, okay. It was yeah, two thousand yeah. and uh, two thousand and four onwards yeah. to two thousand and ten or whatever. So you can see the dying industry, I guess. Yeah, but it was just evolving as well. Yeah. Like the company I was working for, they're still in business, they've just changed and adapted, yeah. you know. Yeah. But um but yeah, we we just I don't know, wanted to shake up our lives a bit. It became very samey, and we weren't that happy. And I could tell that we weren't that happy because we were spending too much, like we were spending a lot of time on drinking alcohol and stuff like that on the weekends. And yeah, I don't know, and just, just, I don't know. I was, I was just getting out and about, and not really doing anything with my life yeah. apart from going to work. But then, uh, so then we went to South America and we travelled for two years. We saved up all our money and um, sold all our possessions, and uh, and just. Yeah, to got a one-way ticket to um, Buenos Aires wow. in Argentina, and we travelled all over South America, and we we went up to Brazil, and then went all the way down to Patagonia, and then all the way to New York City, but did yeah. it all by bus. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So you just sold all your possessions? You just yeah. Thought, yeah. Let's just do it. Let's oh, we, we bought a flat. We kept that, and we just yep. rented that out. Yep. But the rest, but everything else, we just sold. Like, and, and we just had bags of clothes. Because that's a pretty big leap to take, I think. Yeah, but we, but we said, look, we'll see how long we last for. Like, we thought we might be travelling for six months. Yeah. But we travelled for just shy of two years. Yeah. And uh, and then and, and she's from London, so our last we've got it made it all the way to New York City, and then flew from there to London. Yeah. And then set up shop there and stayed there for a couple of years and yeah. kept travelling around Europe and. Spent a few months in India and then moved to. Um, I know it was a bit weird. She, she um, went there for her family, but then realised her family were driving her nuts. <laughs> so we're like, all right, we've got to be close to her, but but uh, but not. But you know, create a bit of distance. And uh, we weren't that happy in London, so we um, moved to Barcelona. And we learned a fair bit of Spanish in South America, so it was like a chance to top that up. Okay. Yeah. And everyone speaks Catalan there anyway, but I don't know, you can speak Spanish. But... Yeah. So you went to to Barcelona with the objective of what? Just to just to keep keep painting and Yeah, I guess um I wanted to become an artist full time. Yeah. And because I gave it a crack in London, but London's so hard. Yeah. It's like oh, it's expensive. Man. Yeah. And they're not interested in start in artists who are starting up. They just want people to be like oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, killing it. And it's yeah. like when you're starting out, it's hard, hard to um, yeah. get there. Like and also, thousand followers, exactly. Yeah, and also like have um, and also be able to afford a studio and rent and and everything else that comes with the lifestyle. Yeah. Um, yeah, I found it too hard, so I just did graphic design over there. But I focused on like uh, educating myself in art, and I was working at Christie's Auction House. Um, which was really good for me, yeah. being around art all the time. Yeah. But then when I moved to Barcelona, it was really hard because um, 
I thought I'd just go hook up with the uh, recruitment agencies. Well, I tried living as an artist, but that wasn't working too well either because no one's got cash over it. So disposable income just isn't there like it is here in Australia. Yeah. And um, I, uh, instead of spending, well, yeah, I'm trying to sell paintings for like say $3,000, but people only want to spend $300. And um, yeah, so what I end up getting, finding work in graphic design. But the hard part was, is there was no recruitment agencies there. Because in the past I'll just go, oh, here, my name's Tom, here's my folio, I'm looking for work in this sort of area. And they'll call you up and go, we've got this job for you. And that's how I did it in London. But in um, Barcelona, that, that didn't exist, so I had to literally like door knock all the design agencies with my folio on an iPad. And I'd look up online and I'd have like, meet the team section of um, their website, and I'd just see who the creative director is and go, you know, I'd like to see Jose Gomez or whatever their name is, you know. And I'll be like, have you got an appointment? It's like, no. And then they'll be, and then um, they'd always see me. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, you're interesting. No one ever just knocks on the door and tries yeah. to get a job like that. Yeah. And uh, through doing that, I got a really good job. It was probably the, the best design job I ever had. Yeah. And that was working with a company called Mucho. And um, yeah, they do things differently there. Like they were a really highly creative, highly conceptual yeah. design agency. Yeah. And not, they weren't just banging it out. Either. They'd like, spend as long as it takes to get the job to be perfect. Yeah. And, um, I learned a lot through working with them. Yeah. 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 So what kind of stuff were you working on with them? Uh, I did a rebrand of a big wine label, like a wine company called Raymap. I had to pitch for it and everything. And um, it was real hard because they're like sort of like your, um, they're like your cult and draft of wine over there. So like real, real famous, being around forever. Yep. And um, they wanted to do a rebrand, and so they, and they wanted to go global with it. So that for them, they thought that it's good to have some a foreigner to do it with. And then, uh, so I had to pitch for it. We won the pitch, and then they kept me on, and I just worked with them for a year and a half. Yeah. And uh, and then just did some other projects as well. We've been just it was mainly branding. Oh, branding and packaging. Yeah. 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 So that's gives that changed your skills set a little bit or giving you a little bit of a, a uh, more of a business kind of approach to art at all? Or? Sort of. Sort of. It was good because there was some daunting moments. Like there was parts, there was, I had to face some challenges like working there because like they made me do like full presentations to a whole, in a boardroom, yeah. like all in Spanish and stuff like that. Yeah, right. My Spanish isn't that great, you know. Yeah. I can hang out in a bar and talk to someone all night long. Yeah. But <laughs> as far as doing a presentation, it was really Tough. Yeah. And then, um, and uh, talk about it deeper. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know, they always sprung it on me. Yeah. Like I'll be there in the meeting. I think I'll be kicking back, and I'll just be banging away in Catalan the whole time, and I could, I'll just sit back and just try and read body language. Yeah. But then they'd say, oh, and, and um, here we got Tom here to present all the develop the creative developments, and it's like shit. Yeah. <laughs> that um. But that was good, but I also, like, one thing that really helped me is I, I, I negotiated a lot of studio time into my week because I have siestas, and I, I wasn't wasn't into the siestas. It's like, yeah. I don't need a four-hour break in the middle of the day. I just yeah. want to go in, get the job done, and go home. Yeah. And so they, um, I cut my lunch break down to an hour and then would leave early and just go to the studio, yeah, and, cool. um, and that worked out really well for me. Yeah, yeah. And so through the doing that, I was getting a lot of art done yeah. as part of my work in the week. Yeah. So it's, I think it's a head to Spain if you're a budding artist. It seems like a, a conducive environment anyway mm. to it. It's a very creative place. Yeah. It's um, 
Yeah, there's so much inspiration there. Yeah. Like a lot of the art that I do now, I know, is because I was living in Barcelona and I was drawing everything I was seeing. Everything, but you know, every day I was drawing. Yeah. Yeah. You would have met some incredible creative people as well, too, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. And I made um, one of my first friends I I met there, an artist from New York called uh, Max Rippon. And uh, he'd been living in Barcelona for eight years and living just off his art. And he had his studio and home there. And I was spending a lot of time with him, just, just looking at his operation, just going, wow, I want what he's got, yeah. you know? And, um, Max Ripper. No, Ripon, R-I-P-P-O-N. Max Ripper, okay. Yeah, we'll, he lives, we'll, we'll lives in Los Angeles. We'll put some links up to his stuff, yeah. Sorry. We'll put some, put some links up to his stuff. Um, yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. So people can check him out. Yeah. Um, well, that's, I mean, that's that's your recent journey. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about your your early journey, I guess. So, yeah. so delving right back. Right back, oh, it's scary. <laughs> um, <laughs> when did you think you discovered your creativity, and um, and how was it nurtured? Well, there was um one uh, like when I was in primary school, we had a um, an exhibition. Now first. I sucked at all everything academic because I, I'm dyslexic. I didn't know it at the time. I just thought I was stupid or whatever. Yeah. And I'm a twin as well. And my brother was like, my friends used to joke, you know, like that movie Twins, like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Yeah. I was like the Danny DeVito one because he was like twice the size of me and like real muscly and all that <laughs> sort of stuff. And he was like, um, like yeah. you know, bigger, faster, stronger, and more intelligent as well. And I just like, I couldn't read, I couldn't write properly. And I was like, wow. I, I, was, I don't know, I, it just, I just wasn't into school that much. And um, I was really embarrassed because my writing was illegible and all that type of stuff, and really bad spelling. But then with art classes, I was always fine at them. Because what I found is like, there's no formula to art, so you don't have to get it right, you just have to be yourself and be creative. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, the teacher was always patting me on the back and saying, good work. You know, I thought, oh wow, this is this is easy. This is fun. I can actually do it. And um, and I remember they had a, a. I was only like eight years old or whatever, but they had a school an art exhibition at school, and I put a piece in there and I sold it. And um, and I remember where the piece is now. It's like I got um, you know those like I can't remember what they're called, but like the the things that grow out of the ground, you pick them out and you and you blow on it and all the little yeah um like a little dandelion dandelion yeah. things yeah. So I grabbed heaps of them, and I, I made a, um, a picture like with glue. I, I drew a picture of a bear on the um, on the uh, paper, and then blew all the dandelions onto it. So it was like a big furry bear. Yeah. And yeah, and someone bought it at this exhibition, and I remember I got like my first payday, like twenty five bucks or something wow. like that. And I was like eight years yeah, old, and I just sold my first piece of art, and I was like, man, this is awesome. Yeah, that's know? great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So that was a little pivotal moment for you, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then after that, like as a teenager, I got into graffiti and all that type of stuff because yeah. I was like skateboarding and hanging out with graffiti yeah. artists, and that's well, that's when it really like art seriously started for me. Yeah. You know, people don't consider graffiti. Some people don't consider graffiti to be art, but I, I think it is because you're working with color, scale, line, you know, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, definitely. And, it, yeah. and it, it's like adventure art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really like that. Um, no, there's no formula to art. Just, just to be yourself. I think mm. that's a really great takeaway. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because I think the more you can be yourself, um, the more you'll stand out. Whereas if you're being a, a copy of someone else, you're just a copy. You're never going to be that person. Yeah. So you may as well just do your own thing. Yeah. Do what feels right. Yeah. 
um, I think it's a lot of a, a big barrier to people wanting to do art as well too. Is they're just you know they're they're afraid or they're just trying to reach you know someone else's sort of standard. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good to sort of have standards set for you. Be in a in a um, in an arena where there's people who are really successful. It's like you don't want to be like the smartest person in the room, so to speak. Um, but it's good to see other people being really successful around you. And it's like, all right, they're doing it. I've got to believe mm. in myself and, mm. and, and move up there, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who did you look up to as creative role models? Um, it was mostly like local graffiti artists at the, in the beginning. Like I had like guys that sort of mentor me, which is like a thing that used to happen a lot in the 80s and 90s. So you'd have like a mentor as a graffiti artist. And... Um, they were really harsh critics. <laughs> there was a lot of "Don't bother, you suck," you know. But at the same time, um, I just, I just gave me thick skin, I guess. Yeah. And I, and like, I look at what I've done with my life now, and I've way surpassed anything they did. Yeah. Like, I remember when I first went to New York and painted in New York and hung out with like famous graffiti artists over there and like in the in the Bronx and stuff like that. And yeah. they'd never even left Melbourne. Yeah. It's going wow. Yeah. You've, you've uh, blown us out of the water, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but um. But yeah. Apart from that, I've 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 had just ra- random people come into my life, and um. Yeah. I've got like one at the moment. I've got a um. I guess like a lot of friends who are highly creative, and they're not all artists as well. But they, they like, we all feed off each other. Like um Ben Shuri, the chef who owns Attica, he's a good friend of mine, and we have a lot of good uh, conversations about creativity. And just seeing how he pushes the envelope um, and thinks outside the box, it sort of inspires me to do the same. Yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do some work with him? Any collaborations? Yeah, yeah. I've just, um, at the moment, I've got a big collaboration with him um, at Attica. I've done their whole courtyard. Um, I've done a 360-degree art piece. Right. And so you're getting through your meal, and I think you get to the 14th course, and you go out the back, and you're sort of a bit woozy from all the alcohol and food, and you eat amongst my artwork and he's made a dish that works amongst the artwork yeah cool yeah. <laughs> it's a great experience yeah yeah um fantastic uh what, what have been some challenges to expressing your creativity challenges um i guess it's like it's more of the internal dialogue you have in your head it's like anyone putting themselves out there um because it's quite a personal thing you know you put your heart out there as an artist and um yeah, yeah it's, it's like it's when, you, when you're having exhibitions and stuff as well like it can be really daunting on the lead up to it like you're working on all the paintings and you're having sleepless nights going is does all my stuff suck is it not good enough is it not going to work together in the room and all that type of thing um, but I don't know I just, yeah there's, there's things like that Yeah. and there's other parts other times you just you be doing a lot of good work, but then suddenly you do do some bad work, and it's just it's not a proud moment, you know. But you can't be firing on all cylinders all the time. Yeah. But it happens to all of us. Every yeah. now and then, I, I paint a dud. Yeah. But I just don't let it out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just get embraced it, then. Yeah. Yeah. And just know that that's life, and life's a roller coaster, and there's ups and downs. And, yeah. And it's the same with like. Um, I guess the big, a big thing that's given me a lot of anxiety has been like financial as well, financial side of things. Yeah. And just, um, you know, having to have faith, that faith in what I'm doing, that everything's going to be all right. Yeah. And I sort of, you know, have this analogy that money is like water and like, um, you know, water's always flowing and it always rains, but sometimes there's drought, but you know that drought always breaks. 
um, and it's just being able to survive that drought. And that's yeah. that's how I go about it's it. Being camel, yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know that that brown grass is always going to turn green again. Yeah. yeah. That's a nice way to look at it. But yeah. It's like a, the changing of the seasons almost too. Exactly. Exactly. And just know that life's always like that. And also. You, 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 as a person, you're always changing and adapting as well and evolving. Yeah. You know, and, um, and if you, and sometimes you're in moments where you're not proud of who you are as a person because you can't get, you're all caught up in your head or whatever, but you just know that that's all going to change and everything's going to be rosy again. You just yeah. got to sit it out yeah. or work through it, you yeah. know. Not that I've got mental issues or anything, but <laughs> I think it happens to most people working on their own. Yeah. Like all the people I speak to anyway, they're like, man, I've being drive myself insane with thoughts, you know. Yeah. <laughs> onto to a bigger, onto a bigger, yeah. Drink, do drink your coffee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> onto a bigger sort of social comment on money. Do you think money can buy happiness? Um, no, uh, I don't know about buying happiness because I'm. I mean, I've been broke and been the happiest I've ever been in my life. Because I don't think I don't think money is can buy happiness, but it can relieve some, a lot of tension, definitely. But um, I think the only like because I think the the thing that you got to rely on yourself for happiness, and I think um, the thing that creates the most happiness in your life is gratitude. I mean, that's my opinion yeah. anyway. Because yeah. if you're grateful for everything you got, and if you're doing all right. And say like food's on the table, the mortgage is getting paid, and sun's shining, and all that sort of stuff. You yeah. might not have too much money. You're breathing, but, yeah. But yeah. hey, you're really grateful for what you got, and yeah. you can't be any happier than you are at that moment. True. And I have to keep pulling myself back because you know when you start making plans for the future, and it's like when I get here, I'll I'll be happier. When I get there, and when this happens, you think there's this mythical place that you get yeah. get, and everything everything's going to be perfect. Yeah. And I've realised that I've actually ticked a lot of those things off my list because I've never, I, I, I didn't believe that I had it in me to be a full-time artist. Yeah. And like with a studio like I've got and living the life that I live. So I'm, I'm not rolling in cash or anything, but I've never been happier. I know that much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Social media. Yeah. What's your view on, so on the rise of social media at the moment and how you use it and the, the, the positives and the negatives? I think it's a good thing in moderation, you know? It's like beer. Beer's awesome. <laughs> Just don't have too many of them. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I think social media is the same. It's yeah. like, just, like, just, like, I've got, I put, I put boundaries up. Like, I don't turn my phone off airplane mode some days till about 11 o'clock in the morning. Yep. Um, I never, never look at it in bed, all that sort of stuff. Yep. But, uh, I try and just check it once or twice a day, and but I sell a lot of artwork through social media, yeah. and, um, yeah. and it's good like I, it's a good way to promote what I'm doing. But I don't, if I don't I don't put something up for the hell of it either. I don't think oh gee I haven't put a post up for a week I better put something up. I'll yeah. just be like look I've got I like this and I want to share it so I'll put it up. Yeah. And sometimes there's three months gap, you know. Yeah. 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 So. I know. But it's good. I've met a lot of people through social media as well. You know. Yeah. 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 It can be a great visual resume, I think, for for people, for artists. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Because like, I've got a website. I don't think many people go on that, but I, I know a lot of people look at my, my Instagram page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm really fussy on what I put on there. It's yeah. like I don't want to bang out. Like I just want. I don't want to put some mediocre thing up just to post for the sake of posting. Yeah. I prefer to wait till it's like something I'm really happy with. Yeah. 
What would you tell your teenage self if you could go back in time? Mm. Um, I asked this question on my podcast, but I, um, <laughs> I haven't really thought of the answer. I guess, um, I guess enjoy the ride and everything's going to be all right. Like, just enjoy it. Because I used to be really impatient. Actually, that's what I was saying. Slow down. I used to, I used to have, like, impatient issues. Like, yeah. always trying to be two steps ahead of where I'm at. Yeah. And if I, um, if I just stopped to smell the flowers, yeah. I'd, it's, like, much better quality of life. Yeah. Yeah. Good advice. <laughs> <laughs> if you could pick another career, what would it be? Mm. Jeez, I've had a few already. I'm on my like, fourth career already. Um, oh man, I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to get. I've put so much thought into picking this career and going yeah. for that. I, I've had the blinkers on, and I haven't looked at any other careers yeah. or even thought about a backup plan. Farmer, or anything like that. cowboy. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to be. Um, I'd like to teach people about creativity. Out there, yeah. because I've done a bit of that. Um, like I did a, like a few weeks ago, I taught primary school kids and stuff, art classes. But it wasn't about how to draw or anything. It was about how to be, how to um, embrace your individuality and put that into your artwork. That's right. Yeah. 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 And I prefer to just sort of, you know, share that message and just help people. Yeah. yeah. Well, you seem to be doing that with your podcast anyway. That seems to yeah. be a, you know, wanting to pass that wisdom on to the next, you know, to to the next generation of artists. Mm. What, yeah. what, what did you, what inspired you to, to start the podcast? Um, it was when I was living in Barcelona. I, um, I, went, I went walking in the, like, up, uh, we went camping, my wife and I went out camping for the weekend. We were walking in the countryside and I find that, like, inspiration strikes when you're out in nature, you know. And we're talking and it's like, man, I, I know so many artists. And I know a lot of artists who are living off their art. And I thought... I'd love to um, interview them and find out how they're doing it and share that knowledge with other artists to help with the creative community. And also, like, maybe, like, maybe one day I'll, through learning what I've learned of them, I'll, like, I'll get the confidence to do it on my, you know, to become an artist as well. And that's what it inspired me to do it. And I got back to Melbourne and I armed an art over it for ages. But one of my friends who lives in Berlin was in town for an exhibition. And I said, oh, I told him about the podcast. I said, I want to do it. And he goes, and I said, will you be my first guest? He's like, yeah, no worries. I, um, I leave in two days. It's like, shit, I better get on to this. And so I, um, I just did it, recorded it, put it out. And I've done one every week for nearly three years since then. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, congratulations. And I, oh, I encourage everyone listening to check out Bench Talk. Um, it's um, Tom's podcast. We'll put up links about that anyway on our social media. No, oh, thanks. Yeah, it's like it was one of those things that I, um, I've learned. Like, I don't know if everything I've, like, I lose my train of thought. <laughs> but um, I've learned so much through those interviews that I've incorporated into my own life. Yeah. And I think that that's a big um, reason for why I'm a full-time artist as well. Yeah. Like, it gave me the confidence. Because I felt like after, like, episode, like, 20 or whatever, I got to the point where I'm like, hang on, if all these people are doing it, I'm sure I can, because a lot of them were just saying, I don't know, you just do it. I'm like, okay, so that's all you've got to do. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> any tips for any budding podcasters out there who about getting getting the word out there about oh, yeah, just plug a microphone in, hit record and put it out there. It's yeah. it's it's like it's just a bit more complicated than posting a photo on Instagram, but it's not not rocket science. Yeah. You know, if you've got something to say, 
get it out there. Yeah. yeah. Nice. All right, last, last question. Um, yeah. What's your favourite piece of art that you've seen in the world? That I've seen? Um, one thing, I'd like, I went to um, uh, Vence in France, and Matisse has a chapel there. And I consider the whole thing like one piece of art. You know what I mean? It's like, um, yeah, Matisse was on his like deathbed, and he had cancer, and he got healed. Like he got brought, brought back to health by a uh, by some by a nun, one nun in particular. And he said to pay her back. He said, "What would you like?" And she said, "Oh, we don't have we don't have a chapel for our uh, you know in our area." So he designed and built a chapel, but he did it all in his style, and it's really unique and really different to the typical European chapels. And it's um. I know he did everything, like he even designed the robes and all that sort of stuff for the priests. But if you, like I'm, I'm not religious or anything, and he wasn't religious either. But it's like just this awesome artwork, the whole place, and it's amazing. And he's designed this one wall that's all, um, it's all white inside, but then one wall's all uh, stained glass windows, and it creates this awesome pattern throughout the whole church. And even his like, um, even his like big uh, like murals at the end of the church are like just like real rough line drawings that he's done like on a like with a stick with a, a bit of chalk on the end and stuff like that yeah wow and everything's just real real different and real unique to and it's just Matisse through and through yeah and he's my favourite artist as well yeah. yeah well we will put up we will put links up to that as well too um Tom Gerard uh, artist podcaster bench talk do check that out as well too um mate thank you so much for for joining me today no worries having a coffee yeah thanks thanks cheers <laughs>that was my chat with Tom Gerard at Danish Nosh Cafe in Caulfield. And make sure you check out Tom's podcast, Bench Talk, where you find all good podcasts. And please check out our Instagram at Two Coffees and a Creative for all the photos and links from this month's episode. And if you're enjoying this podcast, you can find more episodes of Two Coffees on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great holidays. I'm Matt David. This has been Two Coffees and a Creative. Thank you.